0: This episode is brought to you by Noble Pet Foods. No nonsense, noble. Go to noblefoods.com, use promo code dogtalk15 and they'll deliver dog food to your house with Noble welcome to talking with the dogs today we have a special episode on the five senses of grief and i have my daughter grace here who some of you may have heard on our episode growing up with the dogs what it's like to grow up with an animal communicator and unfortunately we recently um, had to say goodbye to teddy our 13 and a half year old dog who came into our lives when grace was in second grade Grace, welcome, and thank you for participating on this, uh, sharing our story about Teddy.
1: Yeah, thank you for having me. Hello, everybody.
0: So, Grace, uh, I'm going to give a backstory uh, about Teddy, and I'd want you to chime in your experience. Uh, for those of you listening, our, Teddy was 13 and a half. He was slowing down, but we didn't think it was going to be imminent, right, Grace?
1: No, I mean, we didn't. We didn't exactly know when anything was going to happen. He had seemed perfectly healthy. He had been going on hour walks. He was smiling and living life as normal. And this was totally out of the blue.
0: Yes. And the only thing which I later admitted to Grace that I had noticed that every so often he would go into these sleeps that I was like, oh my gosh, is he alive? He was so in such a deep sleep. And one point I said to him, Teddy, if you need to go, it's okay. Which I didn't mean, but um, no, it, it was okay. But that was, other than that, he had some stiffness, but not a lot. And he seemed pretty healthy. Like, wow. Right? Yeah. I mean, there was no telltale sign
1: before as Exactly. I that was an indicator that he was going soon, but he was quite old and had a very good life. He was
0: 13 and a half. So I woke up Saturday morning, Sunday morning at five 30. And there was a racket in the kitchen and I went out and he was having a seizure and I thought it was a stroke. You know, I'm an, I don't diagnose, so we don't know for sure. But the vet, when we did go said it must've been a stroke or some sort of seizure. And we, I called grace and I said, no, I heard it.
1: You said grace help. And I, Oh yeah. And then I heard it and I saw his legs all twisted and it was horrific. And you know, it kept us, it jolted us both awake. I know it jolted me awake. We
0: were, yes, we were. And I said, get a bed because, uh, there was not a bed in the kitchen. So she ran and got a, a dog bed that we could get him. The goal was to get him onto a bed, uh, once he had start, stopped writhing and we started tapping. Do you remember that? Yeah, he liked it. He responded well to it. It calmed him down. It calmed him down. And so, uh, some of you may know that I do tapping, and we did on the head. It was all I could do because it, I felt so helpless. And I remember saying, Grace, tap with me. And so, we just tapped on our head and the inside of the eyes, outside of the eyes. And we even tapped on him too. When we got him onto the bed, yes, you're right uh, he was disoriented and his legs weren't, he wasn't comfortable. So I started tapping on his head and as you said, it, it calmed it, him. It really calmed him down. I mean, the two of us were both tapping
1: on ourselves for a while, like waiting for him to stop having convulsions and, and just get comfortable. And then when he was settled, which took quite a bit of time, my mom, you, um, were able to stop start tapping on him yeah. and it was evident that through some of the energy work that she later did as well how much that made a difference
0: yes because his legs so for instance his back legs when he plopped sort of down very awkwardly onto the bed his one of his back legs was not it was like it was stuck under him and I couldn't move it easily. So I started massaging the paw and as that relaxed in the paw, like a little bit came out sort of like the witch and the wizard of Oz and you saw just a shoe and the whole leg started to stretch as I was working on his leg and his body and he relaxed and, Oh my gosh, thinking about it, I, I started to relax as I'm talking about him relaxing. So we had that and then it was like oh no uh and we could see his his eye wasn't on the left side yeah i mean i saw more of his
1: face than i think you did because you were behind him and his head was tilted and his eyes one of his i think it was his left eye was like a, a lot more shut like a similar symptom that you know people have when they have strokes but um Yeah, it it was very clear that he was unwell and then seeing the eye different, the difference in his eyes after the energy work and after the tapping was done on ourselves that we did on ourselves and that was done on him. Um, And on some, yeah, it settled him. And I'm somebody who has grown up with energy work. I mean, I was made aware of what um, like Reiki and energy healing was when I was like seven or
0: eight. Yeah, I took a, I, I got certified in Reiki. Somebody bought it at a school auction and invited me to go to her Reiki certification. And I went and Yeah, and came so, home and did it on you.
1: Yeah, you did it on me. And I immediately understood it and figured out how it worked for me and how I could see it and understand it and make sense of it. Um, and that same knowing has still stuck with me all these years. I mean, that's almost like 12 years ago. Um, 13 years ago. Wow. It doesn't matter. But um, yeah, like seeing that difference on him was a clear
0: energetic shift. So we're talking about emotional freedom technique, EFT yeah. tapping. And so that helped both all of us calmed us down. And I guess we went back to bed and got up and I called a vet emergency and was, they asked how long did the seizure last? And I said, mm, about a minute or so, a minute and a half. And they said, well, we have a five to seven hour wait. It's not critical, keyword critical. Uh, five to seven hour wait, if it was more than four minutes, what I was told, then it was more severe, but to watch him, especially since he was 13 and a half and I gave his statistics, how much he weighed and all that. So we watched him and
1: that was the brutal part
0: not knowing what to do
1: or what to expect and he's there helpless i mean that was like agonizing
0: it was and he wouldn't eat
1: yeah he stopped eating and he hadn't by the time um we put him to sleep he hadn't eaten in four or five days
0: five days yeah so he was drinking water and he would drink water and he would walk around our yard and he surprised us one day somebody arrived at our house who he knew and remember matt came oh yeah and teddy got up and went sort of running down the stairs i mean wobbly kind of running
1: and this was after not being able to stand or even like yes any control of his limbs it was just like miraculous and like evidence of a living being's strength
0: Yes, and I have noticed that with other animals that I've worked with. I had a client who actually her dog had a stroke, and she brought the dog to my house at like ten o'clock at night because she just panicked, and she's like, "I'm just going to take her, to, my dog, to Liz." And her dog actually, we I worked on the dog a bit, and it walked around the yard, our yard, but it passed away the next day. That animals sometimes, from my experience, and it, they will um, have a burst of energy. That's interesting you mentioned that because something that Teddy did was
1: when he was up, I think it was after Matt was here, he went outside and sniffed the entire front yard. And we have a fairly large front yard. Mm -hmm. He sniffed the entire perimeter, being very thorough as he always is when he sniffs things. Right. Right. And it was like, it was like, why is, how is he doing this? And like, why? And it was clear that that was based off of what you're saying, like the one last moment that he needed to do to cross off his list before he passed. And same thing with like sunbathing in our backyard and going Mm -hmm. to his
0: spot that um, he would always be in our rose garden. Yeah, he did that. He, and on his last day, so he was drinking water. We'll explain it to people. He, he, yeah, he would drink his water and then he would go to the bath. He, he did get up to go to the bathroom outside. He was always a dog. He was a rescue. So I don't know where he came from initially, but he was not a dog who ever wanted to go to the bathroom publicly. So he was not one who was going to wet the bed and lose bladder control. And he would get up and go to the bathroom till his last day. Uh, but then he would come back inside and sleep for hours. That was all he could do. But on his last day, he did that, uh, perimeter patrol and he even went up to the back area, which he hadn't done. And I remember looking like, where is he? And I had a knowing sense, like, ah, he's just checking that area. Uh, he had gone up there and then he came back and uh, he was drained. He, people ask about how do you know when it's time? And I, am going to have grace touched on that as well, how we came to the decision, because I think it's, it's not, I know it's not an easy one. And Teddy, we, we took him to the vet for an exam and, and they call it a end of life assessment,
1: Mm-hmm. So quality of life assessment quality I think yeah quality
0: of I, life. I don't think they're going to say end of life it but quality of life. quality of, yeah. we did a quality of life assessment and they determined that he was not critical and but that he could they could do further tests the next day or whenever to determine if he had an underlying condition because we had never known that he had he had never had anything show up but they were once offered that but they the vet also said since he's 13 and a half it's not necessarily something we recommend because at 13 and a half you're going you're going to be treating something that's already shown you that it's causing is a major issue and so they recommended euthanasia which right then and there yes and you immediately said no i was
1: like i mean i was weeping I wasn't sobbing. I wasn't holding back tears, but there were definitely my eyes were welled and there were a couple streams down my face. But yeah, I was like, "No, he's this is so clinical. It's so." It was ten o'clock at night. It was at sterile. And emergency. And I was like, "This is not the end. Like, we at least need one more night. Like, I don't care that. I I don't care that this is an option now. Like." I he needs to be at home. We need one more night with him. That's meaningful to me. And I I understood that it was his time. I, I, I don't want to say I didn't care, but I didn't care that he was ready to go.
0: You, did you not think he was, you thought I understood he was ready to go
1: regardless of what I had a notion of. Like I knew that he knew he was ready to go.
0: But did you think he could wait?
1: I thought he could wait one night. Okay. But I cared about how he went and how I wanted the end to be. I didn't care. I understood, maybe not care. I understood that it was his time. I understood that I could see it in his eyes that it was communicated that he Okay. Was
0: so you had a knowing sense from what you saw in his eyes. Yeah. And what
1: could you describe that for somebody who's not had a knowing sense? Yeah. I mean, for me, it was just, I could look in his eyes and see how tired he was and not in a, I've gone running for an hour in the sun on a 90 degree day on a, like on a hike, which I've done with him before. Mm -hmm. It wasn't that kind of tired where it's from physical exertion. It was like a tired that just felt like it was from his soul that was not just tired eyes but fatigue and lethargic and drained and like there isn't a life force that's
0: right so thank you for sharing that we were at the vet and when I called we went to an emergency vet center to have him evaluated and they would our regular vet had said, you can go to this location or this location because of the neurology aspect. Cause they said, you might, you might need to have somebody, a neurologist examine him because of the symptoms that he showed of this stroke. And so they gave me several locations and I picked the location that happened to be close to where our dog walker lived. And so I said, I, I let our dog walker know what had happened. And I said, if you want to come see us, this is where we're going to be. <laughs> And he did, he came with his wife. And so there were the four of us with this decision and they, his wife was also like, no, you can't just do this here. And which was fine because I said, everybody gets to say whatever. We're all in this with him. (laughs) And they've known Teddy
1: and all of our dogs for
0: Years. years. Yes, they've taken care of them when we've gone away. And so it was great that we just happened to be there in, an emergency room by their house and they were available and they wanted to come so they did and and she was like no it's not time and it was interesting because she was also drawing from an experience a past experience with a pet in her life that she had some lingering issues with that she wasn't happy how it went which is a big thing that comes up with people when we say goodbye to an animal is that we, sometimes our feelings are tied to unresolved grief from the past. And so it was good that she could address that. I saw that's what it was. And I'm like, she's part of our team. I wanted her to be heard and we are going to, um, Respect, I've got two people here, and I was sort of blank because I was numb. So I'm like, I'm going to go with that. I'm with that. So, fine, we'll take Teddy home and we'll figure this out for tomorrow. What we're doing, we knew what we were going to do tomorrow, but we didn't know the how of it. And I did say to the vet who came out, I said, he needs some nutrients. I
1: insisted on the fluids. Yes. Yeah. Yes. He needed the nutrients because
0: we knew he'd been four days with just water, no food. And I was thinking, there's no way he can get to five days. He's going to be really uncomfortable. And so we did decide, right? Yeah. To ha- have them give him um, some liquids. And then they gave him an IV of bolus to take away nausea. And when he walked out, he was wagging his tail. He was slow, but he went straight to our dog walker. And they got one last little walk. Yes. And so I took care of the, detail, the paperwork details with the vet. And our dog walker and, um, Teddy had a final walk, which was really special for all of us. So then we got in the car and we took Teddy home and he slept and we got home and we were tired and sad and we went to bed and just thought we'll deal with it tomorrow. Right.
1: Yeah. I mean, every night after that stroke, I think I slept on the couch. Like That's right. Him. You yeah. slept with him. Because I was like, if anything happens, I would have so much regret if I wasn't.
0: But that yeah. last night he walked when we came home. Remember, he walked into my room. Yeah,
1: he did. And, and it was, was very
0: definitive. Yeah, he
1: was. And that is something that he typically did and had done for years. Yeah. He had slept in my room. Yeah. So that was like a one last time. Yeah. We
0: sort of knew he wanted one last night in my room. So he went back there and the next morning when we got up, he went out and he had water, but he this time, instead of drinking a normal amount as best he could, he had a sip and then he looked up at me like, why would I drink this? And I knew that that was it. There was, not he wasn't gonna drink anymore. He was done. And, I that's when he, as you had mentioned, Grace, he went back to the cushion out in the sun. And one of the things I'd been doing was brushing him after the stroke to stimulate his body, the nerves. nerves. Yeah which he loved and he would stand there and we would prop his feet up and try and help him like we
1: even made him a, like a sling out of a sheet to hold his legs up
0: well and we I had see. to and you knew that from when honey was paralyzed
1: yeah the first second and third time she was
0: paralyzed. yeah honey was paralyzed that's another story For she's another fine time.
1: but yeah like i made a sling because at one point like his back legs weren't working at all and so yeah we would get him out there and his legs weren't
0: Working. in the beginning of this yeah after the stroke.
1: or i would lift him up or you would brush him um and then we would switch off on how he would get the weight lifted off and sometimes he could stand for longer and sometimes he couldn't stand as long but the brushing like he loved the brushing yeah i mean he loved good. the brushing before he had the stroke but it was clear that that brought him relief. comfort and then he yeah it brought relief and that it felt good yeah and at that kind of time like anything that makes a dog or a person whatever comfortable at their last moments of life like i think that's really special
0: and so that was something that we were really watching him like you could see too about how he responded to the brushing so when it comes to understanding your dog's signs what they like we knew he liked the brushing we knew he liked the sun we watched how he used his legs they started to get better but then they were, wa- he, he would stop and just stand and I'd have to hold up, hold him up either from the front or you were holding him from the back with the sling, to yeah. take the weight off so he could pause before he walked back inside.
1: Yeah. And similar to what you were just saying about like knowing what your dog's favorite things wa- are, you know, Teddy didn't want to eat, but Sam, the dog I grew up with when like the dog I had when I was born and through when I was 12 or so. 10 or so whatever um he was given food at the end of his life his favorite foods right before he, he ate, passed. <laughs> yes he had a whole thing of roast like bologna bologna or something yeah that was his absolute favorite I don't he know ate how. it right
0: before but he wasn't able to go to the bathroom you know yeah. he had different issues he but was yeah. wetting everywhere
1: getting yeah. getting a dog's favorite things a person's favorite things whoever whatever that a person or a human, human, as I'm saying, right. loves, is so special to make that passing from, you know, the world into the other world. Wherever so, they're going. Wherever they're going. This, this lifetime, this earth, the world in which they're surrounded by. Yeah. The loved ones and the people that make their life their life.
0: So we had beds all over and and we knew what he liked the blankets and come, come to keep him comfortable. And he would choose between the bed with the bolster and the orthopedic really thick bed. He would go back and forth between the two and he liked how I would massage his legs and adjust them for him. And then he, there were times he wanted to be left alone and we would just leave him alone, but we were very much watching him what yeah. he wanted. And then the last day we just all stayed together and we called. this is another thing. Okay, so they gave us a list. Grace was like, and I we agreed, you know, we're gonna do this at home, which was talk about privilege. Um, we have a new appreciation for that privilege of being able to have a vet come to the home. And a friend of mine, she said, I didn't know you could do that. And yes, there are vets and people who come to the home to euthanize an animal at home and it can make a huge difference. The thing for anyone who this is new to is that not everyone is the same. I have a client who had a very bad experience because they felt like the person was not a good match and it was rushed and I remembered this particular client's story that he shared. And so when I called somebody, cause I didn't know this is something most of us don't plan, but I do recommend that when you are having to face something, you know, it's coming that you call around and you just find out who might be available. Who are your resources? Just so you know. So I called and the first person I talked to was not a match. And I, the, for me, she was very much like, well, how much does your dog weigh? Because they charge by weight. And I was like, Oh, Oh, are you the person that comes to the house? She says, yes, I'm a technician. And I was like, Oh, so I just said, I don't think we're a match. This is really a difficult time. I'm sorry. And I called the next person who was lovely and it made a huge difference because he he was a vet he was very kind and what did he say to you grace that made you feel so comfortable about waiting oh like you can wait as long as you want
1: yeah he said he would wait as long as long as we wanted to take as much time as we needed with teddy before the euthanasia before the injection
0: of the sit- second shot they, they give two shots they give
1: the sedating one and then they give the chemical whatever it is that actually mm-hmm. um, ends the life and he was like take as long as you time ta- as long as you need before that dosage of the sedative after the set like every step of the way he was like take your time yeah take your time and you said this earlier mom that you're like he would have
0: waited all day oh my gosh we live in los angeles and i asked him where he was going after our house and he told me and i, and I knew From experience, there's probably traffic and he was not interested in that traffic. So- it's like hours of traffic. It it could have been, who knows, but he was very gracious. And so I just want to let people know that you do have a choice. Um, Well, hopefully, you know, it's very personal decision, but we just wanted to share our experience.
1: And one thing I think it's notable in mentioning that doctor who did that and came to our home was that you even asked him, if he ever gets like knowings oh. from the dogs that are the pets that he ends up putting down
0: or pets in general, like you asked that mom. I, well, I did, I got a knowing sense from Teddy. So people ask if I get knowings from my own dogs. And so Teddy is lying there and I am human and I'm like, oh my gosh, I can't believe this. I mean, Grace and I joked, can we just clone him? Grace wanted to clone him. I wanted to just keep him forever. Yeah, I was like, I understand why people want to get, um, like make taxidermy. taxidermy, And then, or they yell, no, no, when horrible things happen in movies. Cause I was like, I don't want to let you in my I house. I don't want to
1: let you leave. Like,
0: Yeah, we were not happy about this, but I was sitting with Teddy And I just had this knowing, ask him. So I'm like, oh, brother. And I'm like, ask him. So I did it sort of like Teddy's final wishes. I said, do you believe, this is to this vet who is a surgeon who he felt a calling to do this during the pandemic, help animals cross over and at home. And so I said, do you believe that animals can communicate intuitively? And he said, yes, sometimes. And I was like, uh, and I heard it again from Teddy. Ask him so i'm i'm stroking teddy and feeling a little sheepish and i look at this vet and i said would you mind be would you be interested in being on my podcast (sighs) and talking about your work and this is after he had sedated (laughs) he'd given teddy the first shot and i'm asking him to be on my podcast because i felt that teddy wanted people to know this information and he he looked at me and he smiled and he said, yes, he would do it. And I'm like, oh my gosh, I can't believe I just booked a podcast guest, but I felt, (laughs) I know I was even a little like, I know, but I did it for Teddy. So stay tuned for that one. But, um, I did I did have a very knowing sense from Teddy who was a very soulful old wise dog that this experience is meant to be shared.
1: I mean yeah cuz Teddy had even gotten up for the vet.
0: Can we mentioned that. No, okay, so Teddy's on one bed and the vet who I had just said I really don't want you coming in my house because I didn't want this to happen. He walks in, very kind. Teddy looks at us and I go, "Teddy, this is Dr. Kevin. He's here to help you." And with that teddy who had been laying there for hours got up went over to him and then moved over to this other bed that i'd sort of pulled out because it was a better location thinking maybe this is where it will happen and teddy positioned himself in the perfect way right in front of right in front of this bed and i'm thinking this is sort of weird this is like he's done this before but he knew that's another, yeah, I don't know, but that's what happened.
1: And that's why, again, like I had no doubts that it was his time.
0: And we asked the vet, do you, he did a check of his heart and everything prior. And I said, do you agree it's his time? And he just nodded. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. There was no doubt. So (sighs) take a breath. Uh, The grief process, the grief. So then we it happened and we let there's a video on my instagram honey's crawling all over him and that was okay grace you were a little bit like i was like honey no
1: like there's this like dog who's dead and Mm -hmm. honey this tiny little dog like crawling and smelling all the different parts of his body over him I i was like that's disrespectful right and then you were like no like that's her smelling him and making sense that he's gone and it's like animals grieve too and yeah she was making sense of it and even now like if we slightly mention teddy at all their ears turn like yes. their heads turn we have like two wolfgang dogs yes starts barking they
0: like will go to the door waiting for him it's yeah animals understand. know
1: animals understand and the yeah. vet
0: agreed he agreed to let honey do that wolfgang didn't want to he just sat and watched
1: no he even like during the process he had his back turned to it would like occasionally turn his head
0: he like couldn't watch it well i turned away too so that's what happened and then there's the grief part and he dr kevin took he had teddy's body wrapped up i went outside i couldn't take it i went outside and when i came back in teddy was all wrapped up in a blanket it was very nice um, it's in my video that I posted um, and we had some time but his ears his his coat was still so beautiful and it was just like ugh. Um it's not the
1: same
0: yeah but we wanted to keep his his body with us and that was sort of a new feeling um, to I'm make wanting sense that of like that
1: tactile feeling and that sensation that Like that physical touch that means so much. Like the last hug, like hugs, more hugs, more, more licks. Like the things that make the interaction
0: tactile. Like, so that's what Grace and I've been talking about. And I've talked about it with some clients and my awareness. I've led grief groups with dog with people about dogs and and the animal communication part of it. I am not a grief coach. I work with them. I refer people, but I, I do communicate with animals that have crossed over, but I'm noticing a shift that it's so fresh with me that many people want signs from their animals. What does he say about what happened and people want messages, but Grace and I are noticing because we're, we get messages from Teddy already. I mean, very clear signs. And I have had a student who sent me a text. She goes, I can't figure this out. I, I use this, this lock. And she kept describing it. I don't know what it means. And then I, I, and I, I knew exactly what it meant. It was the lock at our gate that the vet had to go out when he took Teddy. And then she said in something about your Liz's mom. And I knew what she meant that we felt that he was with my mom cause she didn't even know that my mother had already passed. So I told Grace the same message. And what did you think of that, Grace?
1: Well, when it happened, when he passed the <laughs> first thing I had was I was like, I can see him with Nana. Like mm-hmm. I literally like saw this light and I was like, I can see them together. Like right now I, have, I can still think of it and remember the visual. And so for me hearing that from you that what your student said, I was like, oh yeah. But wow, that's profound that like she picked up on that and that he even said- that yeah I went through the gate and I'm with Liz's, Liz's mom. mom yeah so and, like, that's, and that's a specific thing like he, mom like it wasn't mom it was like Liz's, Liz's mom. mom it
0: wasn't like yes exactly dog mom so that's for those of you who study animal communication who are listening that's a great example where the animal communicator doesn't necessarily need to know the meaning of a message or a it, person just trying to tune in exactly
1: yeah
0: exactly it's when we give it to the 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 animals person to make sense of that's where the this sort of magic happens but aside so we have had those messages and you know um feelings that we we know sort of intellectually and hearts we understand about messages and signs which we're fortunate because grace has grown up around animal communication. And I talk to dogs all the time and I get messages that are meaningful to people, but what we're, we're noticing. And I, and we wonder if it's also because we've been, you know, he's been by our side on the couch for the two years of the pandemic or, and and we've spent so much time with him that we're missing his physical presence.
1: Yeah. I mean, that's, not like only, you said, the touch. Yeah, the touch. I mean, the smell, the the way, the way he smiled. He had this magnetic, like quirky, exuberant,
0: huge smile. Like life is good. Like unlike
1: any dog I've ever seen. Mm-hmm. And it, like things like that, like smiling over no reason, just because I'm there and petting him, mm-hmm. are how I connect with him the way he mastered the blinky eyes of Teddy, I love you. And he'd do this like big, always, always. We talked to
0: Teddy a lot, right? right?
1: Yeah. And even the way he smelled, like he smells very different than
0: Wolfgang and Honey. So Wolfgang's a black lab and Teddy's a yellow lab and they are so different. All of them. And so for us, again, we feel very privileged that we've lost a dog, but we still have two other dogs. And so we have that presence in our home, but it's like, I mean, I, I, I have one child. It's like people who, who have children, multiple children, they're so different. Teddy was so different that it, there's this huge void. It's not just like, go get another dog. It's his personality, his old soulful wisdom, what, wisdom of a dog. Yeah. yeah. But um, anyway, I, I wanted to let people know you know, as somebody who works regularly with people dealing with grief and, and creating bucket lists before an animal crosses over and, and and helping them with the decision-making progress or process or how to know that this new aspect, I think it's new because I have not had many people talk about missing the physical part of their dog. Most people have typically wanted messages, mm-hmm. but I think that there's an opportunity that we, for us to, learn more about grief, unfortunately, who wants to learn more about grief, but those, those of you who might be professionals in coaching, it's like, I feel like I, I need a hug, or I, I want Teddy's hug, people need, I think, the, I think more people need to be supported about the physical loss of an animal in their life, and I've, so I've created, like, I woke up from a deep sleep, we've been sleeping, with the, wanting to hold something, and so I created this what is it the water bottle that says i'm here because i think we want something to hold on to right yeah and uh like when
1: he would hold like hold my like i would have a panic attack
0: mm-hmm. and he would
1: be here for me he would like have his paw in my hand sitting right next to me like there were times like i had to do a bunch of seizure seizure testing and i was struggling, struggling with these spasms and I was on the floor for one of them, and he came right up next to me, pressed his body next to me, and was just like staring at me into my eyes. And it brought me so much comfort because he was physically here for me. Yeah. And while he isn't physically here for me in that way, and in our house and on this world in that way, I miss that. Right. I miss that and having that I'm, I am here. Like that reminder is meaningful because while, yeah, again, like he's not in the physical world with me. I mean, he can be energetically with me, but that energy is
0: still here. Even when the physical isn't. So yes. So you, you, you feel that. And sometimes we can be aware of it more often than other times, but there's also, it's okay to miss that physical part of somebody who's just not physically here. And yet.
1: the smell, I mean, the smell of his coat. I mean, I vividly remember the smell of my grandmother, Nana. Mm-hmm. I hugged my great aunt. I burst into tears practically. She smelled so similar. I was like, oh my God, you smell like Nana. You smell like my grandmother. And she was caught off guard, but it meant so much to me. And Teddy had a very distinct smell. Again, not like Wolfgang, not like honey. And it was just like, I have a piece of his fur that the vet cut off. And smelling that, it like takes me back to who he is and what his presence was like. And there's a blanket that he had been on that I can't get myself to put in the the washing
0: machine. Because I'm
1: like, I'm not ready to let go of this. Um, and that's okay right but yeah how that sense is also really really strong on a like a smell like smell means something and it evokes emotion yeah just as that physical touch does and how physical touch and the smell go hand in hand for some people yeah For some people yeah at least for me in this situation that I'm referring to it's like I not only miss hugging him because I can hug Wolfgang who's around the same size but I miss Teddy's coat and I miss Teddy's smell and I miss Teddy's feel and how they all went together in tandem right yeah I have grief and grief over that like I don't know if I have the anger that usually like is one of the five stages of grief because I'm not angry well we were very fortunate I I understand that it was his time and we were very fortunate. Yeah, go on. Sorry. Oh,
0: we were very fortunate that we could spend time at home with him. Oh, it's such a privilege. And that we knew. And even because I, I have had clients who it was a long drawn out process. Sometimes that's just how it happens. And we people may have multiple vet visits or different incidents where we, I mean, we had a dog, Sam, who had cancer and we did, went through all the treatment and it, it, you know, his his death was, he's, his cancer was cured, thankfully, when he was six and he, he too lived to be 13 and a half, but uh, his, his death was very different, even though he was a lab. And uh, we feel very fortunate that our sudden death Uh, for us and, and we're just life now, I'm grateful that it wasn't long, although I hate that it was sudden, but maybe as time goes on, we'll have perspective and whatever, but I I think we just want, Grace and I wanted to share um, the realities of what we've been dealing with in case it helps somebody else knowing about euthanasia at home as an option, knowing that it is possible to have someone come to home. It is possible to get messages and signs from animals that have crossed over. And it's okay to talk about your dog forever and the details of
1: yeah. their interpersonal life and how that affects you. Not only as we're grieving and as we're making sense of it and as we're reflecting, like it's okay to wanna to talk about the nitty gritty details with somebody because
0: it's very real for you it's very real especially with this pandemic yeah. when we've been home with our dogs people talk about the pandemic puppies and the, the things so that go strong. with them but what about these dogs that we've been with and then they die the emptiness the loss i i think is probably got to be a little bit more profound not to take away from other losses but it's a new kind of grief because we were so close together when we were quarantining at home with our dogs. I like, mean, we would we'd spend hours with him a day. Like, oh, he, ha, he was everywhere.
1: everywhere. Like, he was everywhere. He followed for, us to go
0: to the garbage can.
1: Like, everywhere. Yeah. Like, it, there wasn't, there were not maybe hours when I was in school that I didn't see him. But, like, or when I would sleep. But there wasn't much time that went by where he wasn't in my presence or wasn't next to me or wasn't there for me it it just was the bond grew so much stronger during covid for me mhm
0: so as we wrap this up i i just also want to add that aside from the messages cuz a lot of people talk about oh did you get a sign or watch for signs they're with you that that's all important and Yet there's also the senses of our dogs and this awareness that people might be a little shocked and that, um, that they didn't realize with this loss that, wow, I missed this physical aspect more, it's stronger. Or maybe because I, in, during the pandemic, I have talked to s- hundreds of dogs working at home on Zoom in my sessions. I'm so aware of the senses that having the senses taken away to communicate with teddy when he was physically here is sort of jarring and i just want other people if you have noticed that or you work with people that we just be aware that um people are also grieving the loss of the um the sense the the senses and the connection to our dogs as well yeah
1: yeah perfectly said Um, Because
0: I've never heard anybody talk about missing that as much. All my clients have been wanting, people have talked about messages. Yeah.
1: And I think that also, like, just goes to this specific of, like, I just really miss my dog. It's like, what do you miss about your dog? Mm -hmm. I miss this. I, I miss him comforting me. I miss his smiles. I miss how he was on a walk. I miss his touch. Like, all the things we've discussed. It's like, I miss my grandmother. What do I miss about her? I I miss the way she laughed. Like I miss, I miss her essence. I miss the way she smiled. I miss the way she hugged me. Like I miss the things about this person, this being. Mm -hmm. And I think those details can be
0: harder to grieve and talk about,
1: talk about. Yeah.
0: Because there's more people who we talk i think it's more common to talk about people that we miss and what we did and share memories than it is with about your dogs unless you're doing it with someone who knew the dog but um anyway we're trying to normalize it we just want to share it and uh we hope that this is helped people in some way or taught them a few things yeah even
1: if it helps one person
0: yeah yeah so reach out to me if you want any more information about Teddy. We're always glad to talk about Teddy. No, <laughs> kidding. Um, no you can't if you want, but if you want to learn more about um, the transition time of your dog's life and resources, you know, I do one part. Um, I'm not a vet and I there are vets who specialize in senior dogs. And there are people who are trained psychologists and grief specialists that I can put you in touch with, that um, you don't need to go through this alone. And I know that it's meant so much to me and Grace, the people who have reached out to us. And yeah, yeah. Some of you are, I don't, I've never met you in person, and I, I know you from Instagram, and I just, it means so much. So thank you. And those of you who may be listening, um, just a general reminder that if you see that somebody has lost a pet, send them a little heart, send, send, send them, just let them know because it is so meaningful. And it's not like when a person dies and people tend to talk about it a little bit more, but with a pet, I think, I know I mean, people tend to suffer in silence more than with their grief. And if we can help support each other, um, I think the world would be a better place. Ready to find out what your dog wants you to know? Visit talkingwithadogs.com, book an appointment with me, and we'll find out.